Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I've been a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, the only podcast that you need to listen to to get the real deal, to get the inside scoop and find out what's really going on in the evasive, hard to comprehend world of nursing homes and all the various aspects uh, that pertain to the nursing home business and not just the business and to the world where elders are put into this institutionalized setting to receive their care. Today, I have the honor of bringing on the podcast a licensed Medicare insurance specialist. We, I'm always getting questions, and it's not just from other people. Some of the questions come from me, is who pays for the care? And we had on LinkedIn Live, you may have heard our episode regarding the Medicaid application process and how and when does Medicaid pay for this. Now, there are other insurances that pay for this as well. And how do you get those insurances? And all these wonderful stuff we're going to get to today on this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast with licensed Medicare insurance specialist, Stephen Ziedman. Stephen, welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast. Thank you. Welcome. welcome. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for taking some time from your busy schedule to share with us some of your knowledge and expertise in regards to the financial aspect of receiving and providing nursing home care. So let's just kick this off with a couple of questions here. And I'm going to be the guy in the street because that's pretty much who I am. And you're going to be the professional throughout the rest of this conversation. So we know that nursing homes charge a fortune for the care that they provide. We've already heard from previous episodes that as much as they are charging, many of them are struggling to break even. And that's not the conversation of today's, uh, of today's episode. If someone wants to be really proactive they don't want to go down the Medicaid route, which for those who don't recall, that means spending down all of their money to pay for the care. So basically that would be regular private pay for their care and then eventually be eligible for Medicaid because they're basically they're completely broke and they don't have anything. And so our benevolent American government is so kind to sponsor their care, which they paid into. Um, you know, as, as citizens, but even if they didn't. So let's say you don't want to go down that route and you want to put some sort of system in place where you can pay into something, some insurance or life insurance or whatever it is that that will, or any other tools and method um, to pay for your care when, when a person is of age and it requires that care. So what is, I'm going to start off with, what is the number one best way to go and prepare financially for some sort of device that will pay for your care? Okay, that's a great question. So can we talk about what, what happens right at the time when a parent or a spouse actually needs long-term care for just a moment? Let's do like it. Like an introduction? Sure. What happens is a parent might fall. A parent might have a stroke, a heart attack, something really serious, and they end up in the hospital, 
And then the, the, the spouse, the other spouse receives a phone call saying, you know, your husband or wife cannot come home. They have to go to a rehab. And they find out that it's a more serious situation and they might have to be there for three months or six months or a year. They don't even know when they're going to come home. So at that moment, everyone gets together, the family, the kids, and, and they, they, start they all fighting. Want, yeah. And what happens <laughs> is they all want to know who's going who's gonna to pay for it. So the first phone call I get is from one of the children. At any age, all ages, you know, my parents tell me you're the insurance broker, uh, you're their Medicare specialist, and they work with you. Who's paying for this? So the good news is that Medicare actually pays after a hospitalization for the first three weeks of care at an acute care skilled nursing facility. So for the most part, as long as someone has Medicare, they probably purchased a Medicare supplement, they're in good shape. And for the most part, they really shouldn't have any out-of-pocket expenses. However, there, in the nursing industry, there are times when the person might have to leave uh, earlier than three weeks unless they can afford to pay for additional non-covered care. So that's one situation. Another situation is after the three weeks, Medicare pays only a portion up to 100 days. So if they've purchased the proper supplemental coverage, which we provide, then they're actually covered in full until 100 days. But what happens the moment the illness or the condition is determined to be long-term care? Medicare turns off the money flow. Yeah, they're going to pay for a doctor visit and x-rays and things like that and general care, but they're not paying for any facility. That, that $5,000, that might come from them is, is no longer coming. So the first question is, is how are they going to pay for it? Exactly the question that you started off the podcast with. Mm -hmm. So if someone sat in my office and they were extremely wealthy and they, they have a lot of money in the bank, they have a million dollars in an IRA, they worked all their life, they have a million dollars put away. They can afford to pay for it. 6,000, 8,000, 10,000, 12,000 a month for the care they need. However, they honestly do not want to write a check. They're happy they can, but they do not want to write a check. Nobody wants to part with your money. But the average person does not have that much money in an IRA or any that they could just take out for care. So what we suggest is that they purchase a long-term care policy. A long-term care policy covers for years or even forever. But most people cannot afford that. So instead, what we do is we sit down with them and look at their overall finances. And we suggest they purchase a short-term care policy, maybe only six months, maybe only one year. But that six months or one year will keep Tati or mommy being taken care of in the nursing home, mom and dad at home. And there will be enough money to pay for that aid and pay for the, the ramp and pay for any, anything that they need. But if they have nothing, they're going to have to cash in and step up and lay out that money. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the, the children, everyone's gonna ask the same question, how are they paying for it? And in general, children don't actually know what their parents' finances are like. And it's, go, it's gonna open a nice can of worms and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Okay, so I mean, thank you for that very full response and have around a thousand questions for you. So, so, so let's dial that back uh, quite a bit. So just on a very, very elementary level, I mean, but thank you. That, that was a very, very complete answer on a very basic level. So the question on the street is who pays for the care? So we're saying if you're not poor and if you have more than $2,000 in assets, 
uh, Medicaid is not going to pay. Now, Medicare is the next default. So let's start from the beginning. Sure. Who has Medicare benefits and who does not have Medicare benefits? Okay, is that's that, a great is that, question. Is that a given that everyone has a Medicare benefit? No, it's absolutely not given at all. A 25-year-old does not have Medicare. A 45-year-old, not Medicare. A 60-year-old does not have Medicare. Someone 65 and older has Medicare, and that's not even a given because what happens if they're extremely high-functioning, able-bodied, and they're working still? They mm -hmm. work for a large company, whatever type of company it is, a teacher, a bank, and any type of industry. Yeah. So they're still working, and if they're working for a company with more than 20 employees, they are not obligated to purchase Medicare. They Wait, could. hold on. Hold on. So what I always understood is that you pay into Medicare. Don't you have to work for 40 quarters in order to be yes. eligible for Medicare? So just first off, if someone has not had a W-2 job for 10 years, it, it, does he right. have Medicare? He does not have Medicare benefits, right? So, let, so let's say someone's working for a company with less than 20 employees and they turn 65. They must have Medicare even if they're offered and even if their employer wants to pay in full for their health insurance, under 20 employees, any company, every company under 20, the employee must enroll in Medicare. It's their primary insurance. And if they do not enroll in Medicare, again, a company less than, fewer than 20 employees, the medical bills will not be paid for by the major medical from that, that group. So the answer to your question is who can get Medicare? Yeah. Everyone pays into Medicare through payroll taxes. We don't yeah. have a choice. Whether you're self-employed mm -hmm. or you're, you're working for someone else, you have to pay for it. But we, we get Medicare when we turn 65. The only time it's not at 65, meaning when can it be at 35 or 25, that's when someone's disabled. So let's take an example. Somebody uh, uh, contracted an illness uh, or an injury and they become determined by law, according to Social Security, disabled. About 24 months later, they are permitted to begin on Medicare. So a 35-year-old that gets an illness or an injury, not, not necessarily through work, they're just disabled, whatever the reason, 24 months later, they will be on Medicare and they will have government insurance, Medicare, which is perfectly fine for the rest of their life. Well, so either someone has to be disabled or over 65. Now, if someone did not pay into the system, someone moves from another country and becomes an American citizen. Yeah. So I always thought that they wouldn't have Medicare. But as a nursing home administrator, I've seen the strangest people come in with full Medicare benefits. They yes. certainly did not pay into it. Is, is, is that legit? How does that work? Okay. So I have a rule and that is I listen very closely, but I do not give 100% credibility to anything that I am told unless I can verify it. Okay. So when someone says to me, I have this, I have that, I've done this, that's nice but I have to verify it in order to give them expert advice. So let's take the question that you just asked. Somebody calls me up and says, I live in Canada. I'm moving to city X to spend my golden years with my children and my grandchildren. I cannot tell them if they have Medicare or not, but social security knows. And let me tell you what they know. They know if for 40 years while they lived in Canada, they filed taxes and special forms to the IRS possibly paying some taxes through those years. But you and I would never know that. That's something that their accountant and social security will verify. And most people actually do not know 
they truly and honestly did not know they're supposed to be, they should have, and they made a mistake. So this is what some of the phone calls I received sound like. I'm moving to City X, and I called Social Security upon my advice, and they mm-hmm. said, I have only a small number of, of credits. There's a certain number of credits, 40 credits, and I only have 10. I'm 65 years old. I'm 70 years old. How am I supposed to get 30 more credits for a total of 40? Sometimes you can get away with only 32. You can buy into the system, but I'll answer that afterwards. So I say, well, you can get a job. You can have a company. You've got to pay taxes. uh, Or you can actually file taxes a few years back. There's a number of years you can go back and refile. I think two, two years or so. So if they didn't file this year, they can go back two years and they can actually pay taxes. And every year you get about four credits. So that'll get them another eight, maybe 12 credits, but they will have to work a little longer to get up to 32. Once you hit 32, then you can actually buy into Medicare. What does that mean, buy into Medicare? That means you've paid, but you don't get it for free. And free, what does free mean? There are two parts to Medicare, A and B. Together they make a well-rounded, comprehensive health insurance plan. But A, there is no fee for it. You do not pay for that. Mm-hmm. But B, you do pay. That's a small amount, about $145 a month. But if you come and you only have 30 credits, 32 credits, you've got to pay for A. So when you say, who gets Medicare? Well, anyone who turns 65 that paid taxes on their private uh, company, their self-employed, 1099 W-2, and they've paid a total of accumulated 10 years, which is about 40 credits. Mm-hmm. But I do have people who have only worked 30, 20, 10, and they cannot get Medicare. They have to work a little longer, and then they have to pay into the system. How about someone who is a spouse, a homemaker? They've never actually worked outside the home. They have to wait till their spouse turns 65. But once their spouse turns 65, when they turn 65, they have full Medicare. And in the reverse, what happens if the homemaker is 66 or 65 and their spouse is uh, 60? They're younger. Mm -hmm. The spouse has to wait. They both have to wait because the wife doesn't have any credits on her husband, on her account. Right. Okay. So, I mean, that's a pretty good overview for the general uh, understanding of Medicare. And that means that you, you really shouldn't find somebody who has... Uh, full Medicare benefits if they just moved from another country unless, like you said, you never know what their financial situation was. But if they did have a number of credits, they could have paid in, they could have done all these other options to get their Medicare uh, benefits. So now, you mentioned earlier that there are limitations, right, to Medicare, and you can't stay in your Medicare uh, stay specifically in nursing homes uh, right. forever. Might cover your community doctor and your other expenses uh, between your Part A and your Part B benefits. Like you Correct. said, it's a very well-rounded uh, health plan. So Correct. if someone's going to stay long-term care in a nursing home, so you're right. So the primary payer source will not be Medicare. So let's just speak out the case and plain okay. speak where like you had that acute event and a family member ended up, at, well, let's say the parent ended up in the hospital, they um, broken hip or whatever, and then they end up in a nursing home for two to three weeks. And then they say, no, you can't go home. You know, either you need more therapy, which maybe Medicare will cover. Um, but let's say eventually it's determined and everyone is in agreement that long-term care is the way to go. So 
and they're not eligible for Medicaid because their parents own a house still, or they they have you know. We could talk about that. Yes. So, so I have a sheet actually. I'm just to turn around for one second. I have a sheet behind me. Just hang on one second. Okay. Not sure if you could see this, but I'll read the sheet. I just want to. Okay, it's primarily an audio program. Yes. So tell, us, so tell us what you're seeing there. For those who might see this on LinkedIn, right? They might see that, but I'll read it. Okay. After three weeks, Medicare doesn't actually leave you high and dry. Yeah, there are some circumstances where it might not uh, work out so well. But the, for the most part, there's only a portion that they pay. Mm -hmm. So according to the chart for 2020, a person would have to pay $176 a day, approximately. And that amount changes as the days go on. In other words, 100 days, if someone had original Medicare, by the book, receiving average care for the average situation, $14,000 would have to be paid to that skilled nursing facility uh, for about 100 days of care. Hold on, uh, just for, I want to just simplify this a little bit and let's yeah. leave some of the numbers out so that our listeners can have a better global view um, of what's going on here. So well, I'm, I'm just a little confused here myself. Sure. But what, what, what are you explaining? But if you don't mind, just you know, <laughs> let's put the sheet away for a moment. Yeah, sure. And the, the question is, what happened? Someone who has a Medicare benefit and now they're, it's determined that they need to stay long-term care beyond what their Medicare Part A would cover, and they don't want to spend all their private, they don't want to have to kick the kids out of the house or whatever right. it is. So what are their other options? What can they do for pre-planning um, in order to have other coverage uh, that will supplement their Medicare Part A when it's not applicable? Okay, so first of all, uh, that's a great question, but I'm just gonna split it up into two sides. Okay. After the event happens, and preparation for this event. So after this event happens, the spouse can stay in their home. And actually, you can split the income in two. So if somebody makes $70,000, they can split the income in two, meaning half of that belongs to the spouse that's healthy, living at home. The home stays with the spouse as long as they live in the home. And now whatever's remaining is for the ill spouse. So it's a little easier to get Medicaid for a nursing home than people think. But they can't have $400,000 life saving in an IRA. They just cannot. Mm -hmm. For example, there are solutions, but we'll talk about that after. Let's talk about what happens when they come to me at age 55, mm -hmm. 60, 65, or even 70. So we explain to them that Medicare will not pay for their care forever. And there are instances where someone will hit a long-term care need they will become incapacitated only to be at home with an aide or in a facility. And they should purchase enough long-term care until they can get approved for Medicaid if they're at the lower income level. Mm -hmm. So that could be six months, one year, or one and a half years until they've rearranged their money, gone through all the legal steps, not played any games, just split their income, assigned it properly, and gotten everything in order. So if they purchase just enough for six months, one year to one and a half years, most people will be covered, happy, and getting all the care they need, and then Medicaid will 
kick in at that moment. Okay. So, so this is a, an additional coverage that they would need to purchase. So, and this would cover their primary stay um, once when Medicare stops, right? Did I get that right? That is right? correct. You can use it in partial or in full until you run out of, of your time and money, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the right way to do this, so there's really two separate conversations that, that a responsible individual should have. One of them is with their Medicaid specialist to arrange their finances in a way that they would legally be able to keep as much of it as they possibly can. Correct. And Medicaid would still kick in at whatever point um, it's determined that they would be eligible. But then from when Medicare um, stops paying until the Medicaid kicks in, that's where the supplemental long-term care insurance would be applicable. Correct. Now, you mentioned earlier that Medicare won't cover them forever. Now, that's assuming... Correct. now. Well, I want to make sure I understand what that sentence means. So obviously, if they're in a nursing home and they no longer you know, are, have their skilled need, so Medicare is not going to cover. Now, just to define that, I know you know what this is, but as for all our listeners, you know, Medicare is only going to cover if there's a need for therapy, is a need for skilled nursing, um, you know, certain particular types of, of, uh, of services that nursing has provided, which is considered to be more on the acute level. Uh, which Medicare will cover, but anything that's uh, health maintenance, Medicare is not going to cover. For the most part. So the question, I don't even know where I was going with. Oh yeah. So the question over here is, you said that Medicare is not going to cover forever. So which part won't they cover forever? Okay. Medicare stops the moment it's determined that someone needs long-term care. And a general, generally good, uh, a rule of thumb or explanation would be, the moment someone is not improving in their medical rehab mm-hmm. or care, the moment they're not improving, it's just maintenance. Okay, so it's not a time thing. Um, no, it, not really. it, it doesn't uh, until the day a person leaves this planet, uh, Medicare will be in place for them for when it's appropriate. In other words, Medicare doesn't cover every single situation. Correct. Now, uh, just a detail to that is there is a time limit. Someone who is in a nursing home at 100 days, in general, they're not there because they're improving. Usually it's at that point maintenance, but acute. So or it's maintenance, but still they can't be home. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I've met many uh, clients who are home. They have a special bed. They have one to two aides, maybe even a nurse throughout the day. And that family is actually paying for the aides and the nurses and the special bed and the oxygen and everything like that. And it's costing them money, mm-hmm. but they're home in the same, getting the same type of care that they would in a nursing facility, and they get except that they're home with family. Right. Which, which just parenthetically, um, I know this has been discussed in other episodes that for a lot of times being home is amazing. If there is family around and there is some sort of uh, stimulation but for a lot of people in, in every community, um, for a lot of people, the right thing is to be in a nursing home because there, there's so much more going on there. It's that mini community. It's finding the right one is a different conversation. Um, so I, I, there's so much more to discuss over here. Yeah. Uh, just for the sake of time, we have to already start wrapping up here. So what would you say, Stephen, is the one of the biggest myths? Like what is like the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to planning their finances 
to cover the long-term care, which you're like, oh my gosh, that question again, seriously, you should have come to me earlier or you should have done it differently. Is there any one thing that jumps out at you when I ask that question? I would actually say there are two. Uh, Number one is unfortunately, when we turn 65, uh, you know, we, we are just awoken to a whole new world. In other words, we don't know anything about this Medicare. We don't know anything about nursing, home care. I mean, literally no one talks about it in any, in any way. Except it's for here on the podcast. <laughs> Except for here on the podcast. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to join you. I find, I find what you're doing amazing, and I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of it. So, so the number one thing is I encourage people to take a moment and speak to their parents and say, you know, I think you need to have a conversation with someone about this. You're not committing to anything. You just don't know anything about it. You need to become educated. Spend an hour with someone. We do that. If someone needs our help, we will help them. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I tell people, they say, how much does it cost? I heard it's very expensive to purchase the right type of coverage. So the first thing I tell people is, I am not uh, not going to give you insurance or any policy or any coverage that's a waste of your money. I'm going to try and get you exactly what you need. So let's take an example. If someone only needs one year of short-term care, meaning they don't need to buy a three, five-year lifetime coverage of Mm long-term care insurance, that's perfectly fine. I will tell them you only need one year because between Medicare, your savings, and the short-term care, you're going to have Medicaid in about a year after an event happens based on our conversation. Don't spend thousands of dollars. So it's two myths. One, not to talk about it. Talk about it. Myth number two is it is affordable to purchase care to keep your family and you from going insane when this event potentially happens. Got it. So I mean, and that's provided that they have a, a specialist that actually has their best interests in mind and they're not there just to rip them off That's you know, correct. to maximize uh, their benefit. Stephen, you've been an amazing guest and I could see, see that there's, we've barely touched, you know, the scratch the surface here in this fascinating subject. But like what you said is, is true, is like having those open conversations and also listening to information like this and reaching out and becoming a little bit more educated and proactive about this can go a very long way. Uh, Stephen, where's the best way if people want to learn more about you, more about your company, about some of the other services that you do offer? Um, where's, the best, where's the best place to send them? Well, you can just call my office anytime and we'll be glad to meet with you. We're here every day, nine to six. And so just give us a call at the office if you'd like. Uh, if you want, I can give you my phone number. Our main number is 732 732- Four nine seven two two seven three, which is four nine seven care C A R E. I just want to say thank you for inviting me. There's really so much more I want to talk about that could really help people, and I hope that you invite me back sometime soon. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast. I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know 
What an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes. Thank you.